ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 260 of Beyond Synth, and we are continuing our Dark Synth series. What does that mean? That means for the rest of the month, we are going to be chatting with artists who make kind of harder, darker kind of synth tunes. We're going to be listening to lots of cool music. It's not like everything's going to be like super fucking crazy and spooky and stuff, but I mean, you know, it's just... We've been listening to a lot of synth pop on Beyond Synth, and I wanted to uh, highlight some of the darkness, and that's what we're going to do. And so today, uh, later in the show, we'll be chatting with Mega Hit, and uh, before that, I'm going to have a quick chat with one of the awesome Beyond Synth patrons. So, you know, this year I've uh, had a bunch of episodes where we meet uh, some of the awesome people who support Beyond Synth, and today we'll be chatting with City Hunter. And that's uh, coming up in uh, just a bit. So look, let's listen to some music. This is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. I'd like to say that there is a new patron this week in the $5 Club, Alex Barshop. Alex Barshop, you're a cool guy. Thanks for supporting Beyond Synth. You pledged right on Halloween. That's some spooky stuff. And... I'd also like to report that Betadine has upgraded his support. That's right, Betadine is now in the Triple Six Club. That's a pretty substantial club. All you heathens out there. Well, look, heathens, I hope you enjoy this. This is from Dan Terminus's latest album, Last Call for All Passengers. This is Oubliette.
Yeah, that song will kick your ass. That's uh, Dan Terminus. He's a cool guy. It's always fun chatting with him. And uh, and that was Oubliette. He had a cool music video, too, I liked, uh, for this album, which uh, actually included his uh, his love for horses and uh, and stuff, and it was uh, it was cool. So, uh, yeah, man, go check that out. And, uh, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. You know their names. You know their kings. That's right. Chris Dance, Robert D. Bishop, and Mike Shima. You guys are awesome. All right, so... <laughs> I probably should have said this on the last show. I made a mistake. I know I always say this. If you're wondering why, when I play new music, sometimes I make the offhanded comment about how sometimes I mess up embargoes and I play people's tracks too soon. The reason why I say that is because it actually happens. And it happened two weeks ago. I played a Cat Temper track. And... <laughs> yeah, he hadn't even announced the album. Like... <laughs> So look, if you're an artist and you reach out to me, I am just a very busy guy, okay? I'm making Andy's spaceship, making props and doing puppets and all this stuff, trying to produce this episode every week. Uh, that means scheduling interviews and like hours and hours of editing, listening to music and making playlists. Like it's a lot of work. And so when people send me emails, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't read them. <laughs> And I'm not saying that to be a jerk. Like, I, I listen to the music, right? That's what's important to me and what's important to the show. So, like, when people send me, like, a press release and go, oh, here's a PDF press release, I'm just telling you right now, I literally do not read those. I will read the email, but again, if it's, like, a 50-page thing where it's, like, like, hey, Andy, you know, uh, I love your show, uh, here's a track, and then all it's followed by this fucking story of the track, I'm just like, no, like, I'll listen to the music. And it's not because I'm fucking too cool. It's just because I don't have time. And anyways, what happens is when you don't read PDFs and press releases, sometimes you uh, <laughs> don't read the fine print where it says don't play this until whenever or this is a pre-release and we don't know when the album's coming out. So this is just a friendly reminder that if you are an artist and you send me music, just send it to me when the album is released, if that makes things easier, because I, I will just accidentally play stuff like I did with the Cat Temper track. Now, I didn't realize he never even announced the album. Like, that's <laughs> that's quite the embargo break. <laughs> anyway, you get the point. Let's listen to this cool song, and then we'll, uh, we'll have a quick chat with uh, City Hunter, all right? So this is LV426 versus Jacket. That's right, Jacket is an artist, and LV426 is an artist, and this is them versus each other. Uh, this song is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's the King of Hell, Jose Arbello. We met him a few weeks ago. And then there's Jacob Wick with the 4488, my semi-sonic friend. And this is LV426 versus Jacket with Shadow Run Redux.
And that was Shadowrun Redux by LV426 versus Jacket. Am I allowed to say LV426 and Jacket when I say who's produced the song? I don't really know what the difference is when artists say versus, because it's the same thing, right? It's featuring, or you work together, or and. Ah, what the hell do I know? Anyway, look, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, what do you know? It's City Hunter with the 42. You know what? Let's go meet City Hunter right now. Well, I am here right now getting to know the awesome uh, people who support Beyond Synth. And I am here right now with Alexander. But what do I know you as on uh, Patreon? Yeah, City Hunter. Wait, so where do, where do you live? I'm living in Russia in St. Petersburg. I always find it interesting when people find the podcast, especially when, like, English isn't their, like, first language, because I, I imagine this show would be, like, hard to understand, because I talk really fast and stuff. You know, I'm listening to you for four years, I think, and uh, your voice is uh, very, very familiar to me, so... I know well what do you think, uh, what do you tell, and uh, for me it's easy to understand you. So I don't need to learn Russian then? No, you don't need. So what do you do, man? I'm working. I'm a UI developer, front-end developer, web developer, working with some company from USA. So you're, you're designing the user interface? No, I'm not designer, I'm developer, like programmer. Dealing with uh, with JavaScript, with HTML, CSS, all that stuff. Okay, wait. So then, does somebody else they do they do like a mock up in like Photoshop or something, and then it's your job to code it? Yes, uh, some designers make up mock-ups and uh, my job is to review it to understand is uh, everything okay with it uh, do I able to build it so how do you find because I mean I guess I work from home too but like mm-hmm. when you're doing that kind of job and there's a lot of coding and, and things involved like can you work a normal day's work or do you find yourself working like all the time I'm not working all the time before this COVID situation, I had normal work in office, eight hours. Yeah. But now we, 90% of developers working from home. And uh, if all the team in a single time zone, it uh, looks like um, normal eight-hour eight work. But for me, my team totally is uh, on USA. So I'm starting to work let's say, in 1 p.m., and uh, I just need to sync up with my team. And So then before COVID, if you were in the office, mm-hmm. you're still syncing up with a U.S. team? or Yeah, or- when, uh, before COVID, I worked uh, on another project, and all my team was in St. Petersburg, ah, so that okay. was uh, average work. Okay, 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 I gotcha. So then what do you uh, do for fun over there? Um, playing video games, riding motorbike. Um, I have a small collection of uh, scenes, but I'm pretty lazy to write stuff on it. Actually, before this COVID, I lost my work, and uh, when I found uh, new work, I had a week of empty time, so I spent this time to write a little demo. So, since this time, I don't have... Uh, enough much time to uh, sit and 
record something else actually are you gonna are you gonna make music as city hunter yes i think so i have a single demo but uh, i think this demo is uh, kind of shitty and uh, small (laughs) (laughs) that's a good i'm gonna start using that as a way of criticizing other people's music just like your song is shitty and small (laughs) that's a good idea Okay, look, man. Listen, I want to listen to some music, and then we'll uh, we'll keep chatting. All right. Of course. So uh, here's a cool song. Uh, this is Overvad and Exteria. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the twenty six sixty six club. There's Hugh Hefner, and in the twenty five dollar club, there's Clint Dowling, the king of the twenty five dollar donors. And then there's Jimmy the Hut, Newmark, and Alex Seligson. And this track is called Arcadia by Overvad and Exteria.
And that was Overvad and Exteria with Arcadia. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We got a star apart. Restless Nights, Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, and Johnny Five. And we are back and we are meeting the patrons. We're chatting with Patreon supporter extraordinaire City Hunter, who is a very generous and awesome guy guy and uh, we're chatting with him right now alexander hello yeah so what, what games are you playing right now man uh, right now i'm playing in prey 2017 and it's a pretty cool game actually no one knows about this game but this game is really really good but it, isn't there a sequel is there not a Prey 2? No, Prey 2 was declined and they made completely new game from scratch. Ah! Without Prey 2, Prey 2 ideas. So this Prey is kind of like System Shock, System Shock 2, Bioshock, but uh, I think it's much more better than Bioshock. It's uh, close to System Shock 2. I've never played System Shock. I know the end of the game. Because I think it's got a pretty famous ending of the game, right? Where you, it, it turns out there's a computer that's been... Shot on face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've never actually played. Like, so I don't... I wonder, was Prey a free game on PlayStation Plus? Oh, I I don't play on PlayStation. Ooh. Actually, I have PlayStation, but I didn't launch it at least a year, I think. Last game I played on PlayStation was uh, Death Stranding, but I didn't complete it. Sometimes the interest in games just fades, man. The more games I have in my list, the easier it is to forget about a game. Like, you're playing, and then you just get distracted, and then you never go back. I mean, I get that. Actually, I wanted to finish it, but uh, probably I didn't finish it because my girlfriend, uh, uh, not a big fan of that kind of game and she walk around and uh, talk what a shitty game you just uh, walk here and there yeah. that's uh, bad gameplay <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have to change games so your girlfriend has something better to watch while you're playing yeah I think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's kind of you the only solution in my house is just to have uh, another TV someplace else because uh, we don't really agree on too much. Another room with door and key. Yeah. <laughs> Where you can lock up out and play whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> the key is the important part. The key yeah. is the key. Mm-hmm. Well, look, man, I want to listen to another song and then we'll uh, we'll keep talking. Sure. So here is a cool song from Contra Attack, which is counterattack in French, although I think this artist isn't French and I think believe if i remember correctly he just called himself this because it sounded cool it's from the album blood spattered which is a compilation album which has a bunch of cool artists on it and i want to play uh, this song it's brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters in the 25 dollar club we're talking about kempson martin larby blake peterson and ken Giroux. and uh, this is contra attack with smile while you can
that was Contra Attack with the track Smile While You Can from the Blood Spattered album, which is a compilation, which I think came out around Halloween. And uh, check that out. You know, I post all the links to all the artists when I post the show on uh, social media. And if you listen to the show on SoundCloud, you can see all the links there. So you can uh, check stuff out. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Ashley Keegan with the 2049, Badge Mickelson with the 1986, and in the 1985 club, it's Sarah Buchelman and Rachel Buchelman. And in the 1984 club is Murat. And speaking of awesome patrons, I am back here right now with awesome patron City Hunter, who is a, a cool guy and a cool patron. Andy, I remember you was wondering why exactly 42, my amount of uh, donating. Don't you know what this number means? Is it the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind of like that. That's not my favorite uh, movie or book, but for some reason I just remembered that number and use it uh, in programming to test some shit and, and so on. <laughs> so, <laughs> in terms of like uh, movies and TV and stuff, do you watch stuff like dubbed into Russian or do you watch English language things? I'm kind of lazy to read subtitles yeah sometimes i watch uh, movies in original english with subtitles actually it's good practice to watch anime with subtitles in original uh, japan but with russian subtitles but i don't want to sit and watch on subtitles permanently i want to watch the picture so i prefer to watch with uh, russian dub did you ever <laughs> Did you ever watch... I remember there was this... I can't remember why I was reading articles about it. It was this superhero film, but it was made in Russia called Guardians. I don't know what the Russian title is. Is there was some beer guy or and rock guy and uh, some water girl? Yeah, there was a guy who turned into a bear... And he was yeah. like, he was like CGI when he was a bear. Mm -hmm. I watched some of it because I remember reading an article where it's like, you got to see this Russian superhero <laughs> movie. And I'm like, all right, because I think they were trying to compete, like to make like a blockbuster looking kind of movie, but it's still kind of cheap. But I remember like there were some funny moments. Yeah, and that was kind of answer for the waste movies like Avengers. It's so hard to compete because I mean I'm Canadian in Canada. Like we just don't have the the budget and the money that they have like in the in the states and. And so sometimes some Canadian companies will try to make a movie that's like an American movie and it just never works, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, in Hollywood, they have like the $300 million to throw behind a movie. And if you try and make a similar thing with like a budget of like 15 million, like it's going to look terrible. Yeah, some people think that that's more like, I forget the correct word, when you wash the money. you uh, Money laundering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's kind of money laundering. You just you just uh, recording some shitty movie and that's it. No one cares who watch it. Your purpose to make money. <laughs> I mean, there are some movies that get made that are so bad that you do wonder. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait a second, this was a scheme. This isn't about making a film. Yeah, you're right. I never thought of it as money laundering, but yeah, there's probably some people who like. <laughs> they have to watch their money so they just put it in and they just make some horrible movie and try and make it back and like as long as you have like a recognizable movie star mm -hmm. and then you try and sell the movie like every time Steven Seagal shows up in something with that painted on beard or uh, wait he's in St. Petersburg isn't he? I know he got Russian citizen or there's that famous 
picture that was posted of him, I think it was a year or two ago, where he's got the black beard that's like painted on his face, and he's and like in yeah, yeah. St. Petersburg is like in the background mm-hmm. of of his. T- <laughs> I'm just trying to tie this all together to... Yeah. Well, look, how about we listen to uh, another track, and then maybe we'll uh, we'll say goodbye and let you get back to some, uh, some UI coding. Yeah, sure. So uh, here is a cool song from Cyber Thing with an exclamation mark. Cyber Thing with an exclamation mark from the album Cyber Sin. And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $15 Club. We're talking about Prophet of Jupiter, Six Mill, Gus Velichek, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. And this is Cyber Thing with Binary Slay.
And that was Binary Slay by Cyberthing with an exclamation mark. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Mads Baron Christensen, Retro Serenade, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Elia Lane. And right now, we are chatting with a cool guy, cool patron of Beyond Synth, City Hunter. Actually, I remember a story when I was starting to listen to a show. When I moved to St. Petersburg, uh, previously I lived on far east of Russia, near Vladivostok city. So four years ago, I opened uh, Synthwave Scene to myself. I started with guys like Sunglasseski, Time Cop, 1983, Christine. And uh, I remember I'm just trying to find some use stuff on SoundCloud and uh, I listening to Sunglasses Kid in Shuffle, I think. And uh, I'm riding uh, on a bus evening to my house and here's the next song and uh, I don't hear a song of Sunglasses Kid. I hear your podcast and uh, I hear some guys starting to hey, this is Sandy Last, welcome to the show, blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking, what the fuck? Where is uh, my <laughs> music? I don't want to listen to <laughs> sunglasses kid and i i remember i skipped multiple times your show but one time i just tried to listen to it i remember i didn't understand a uh, shit what uh, sunglasses kid speaking because he has crazy english accent mm. <laughs> but next i tried to listen this interview with christine and uh, that was uh, real nice actually and uh, i think i understood that your show is good and started to listen to it so thank you for that show well yeah. thanks man yeah, it's a little ironic now because that Christine episode is is not up. No, yeah, 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 I know that. <laughs> but for people who are confused, I didn't. She was trying to pull back from her like uh, public facing thing. She she was trying to get people to like take down interviews with her and stuff because she just she didn't want them up. So that's why, like, we didn't say anything bad in the show. It's not a controversial episode. It's just she's like, "Hey, man, can you take this down?" I'm like, "Okay." I don't know if I would do that again. If another guest asked me to do that, I probably wouldn't because I put a lot of work into the show. But uh, Mm -hmm. that was the only time a guest ever said, can you take this down? And I was like, all right. Enough years had passed. But uh, you have enough good episodes. I remember some episodes I have listened 10 times. I remember episode with Betamax, uh, Arcade High, and... Um, oh, Magic Sword. Magic Sword. Yeah, I listened it about, I don't know, 20 times. <laughs> it, it, it was so good. Yeah, that was a funny one. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. Well, I'm gl- listen, I'm glad you enjoy the show, and I'm very thankful for you supporting it. Obviously, that's that's what keeps it going, so... You're you're a, you're a cool guy. Yeah, you're a cool guy too, Andy. Thank you for the show. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, man, for sure. Take care, man. Bye, bye. and that was my chat with City Hunter awesome patron we'll be chatting with Mega Hit in just a bit I'd like to say that that segment was brought to you by my awesome $10 Pattersons you know who you are it's Fraser Davidson Blonde John Pack Catstronaut 84 Lucas Smith Energon Cubes Slade Watch Clark and Neverman you guys are all awesome and I thought maybe we'd listen to a, a few more tracks so here's one from Lord Nikon 
I believe the album is called Cult, although it's spelled K-V-L-T. Is that that cool thing where you make a V instead of a U? You know I'm not a cool guy. You know I don't know the, the, the what the kids are doing. <laughs> I think that's cult. Anyway, yeah, this is uh, this is a cool track. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. That's right. You got... You, you gossam. You, <laughs> you awesome people in the $10 club. People like Pudnuts, Joshua Winter, Albion Algorithm, Gary Heather, Knight of Ducks, Andrew Benson, The Patch Bay, and Barry007. And uh, this is a cool track. This is Lord Nikon with Runaways. And that was Runaways by Lord Nikon from the album Cult or Kvilt. <laughs> and uh, anyway, look, uh, it's a cool track, and it was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Matthew Lister, Tristan Waits, Skunk Raider, Will Lowe, and Polly Digital. And uh, hell, let's uh, throw out a thank you to IP68 with the 808 and Binkley with the 786. And uh, while you're here, this is just a friendly reminder to go check out Andy's Spaceship on YouTube. All right, that's the uh, the new show I'm doing. It's got uh, Adam McNabb doing the voice of Stanley the Turtle and uh, Jed Leach, who is uh, Garth Knight, synthwave artist, doing the voice of Trevor the Turtle. And I've got lots of uh, fun guests planned where we do uh, top tens and talk about our favorite movies and music and video games and all sorts of stuff. And uh, it's a fun time and people seem to like it, so go check it out. And if you can, share it. That'd be cool. I think one of these days, because people often will contact me on Facebook and just spam me links to their music without saying hello or anything. And so I think my new thing is going to be to just start spamming them back with my links. (laughs) You know, like just 
if someone doesn't say hello and just posts a link, I'm just going to post a link to my show. Is that okay? I mean, if you've already broken the, the social media etiquette and done the link spamming thing, I mean, get spammed right back. Also, I was going to say, uh, just if you notice, this episode actually has come out slightly quicker than normal. Uh, the idea this month is for the Dark Synth series... Because I kind of want this to go over the month of November, and I actually recorded enough interviews that I could technically take this all to the end of the year, but I kind of want it to be in November. So um, the episodes this month might be shorter than normal, but there's going to be more of them. So hope you're cool with that, all right? And uh, with that, let's listen to another track, and then we'll go chat with uh, Megahit, all right? So here's one from Micromat Scenes from the album Allegria, and I hope you dig it. This is a horrible night.
And that was A Horrible Night by Micro Matt Scenes. I find Micro Matt Scenes really hard to say. I don't know why. Whenever I see that word written down, I go, Micro Matt Scenes, and it, like, it makes my head twist in a funny way. Anyway, look, that's not the point. The point is it's cool music, and I hope you dug it, all right? And now, are you sitting comfortably? Let's go uh, chat with Mega Hit. All right, well, I am here right now with Mega Hit. How's it going, man? It's all fine. Hey, Andy, what's up? Not much. So, tell the people, so who who are you? What's your secret identity, or do you say? <laughs> I consider myself some semi-professional synthwave producer. You know, uh, I'm from Hungary. I've been in this whole thing since, like, five years ago or so and yeah that's it i guess but like do you want me to call you mega hit or do you want me to call you your name <laughs> yeah um my name is imre it's, it's a hungarian name but it usually causes problems with the pronun- pronunciation so you can just go with mega hit if if that's okay for you so imra like that imre imre it's, uh, like a short e and an h imre yeah that's that's perfect Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll practice that. I'll get that going. Is that a common name? Um, not so common now. It was uh like 50 years ago. Are you a 50-year-old man? <laughs> no, no. It's a typical boomer name actually. <laughs> I'm serious, yeah. It's always interesting those names from different cultures. Because, like, uh, in English, when it comes to, like, female names, they'll be, like, Myrtle and Betty and these sort of names that, like, you never hear anymore. Yeah, exactly. This is a perfect example of that in Hungary. (laughs) It's the Hungarian Betty. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a male name. I'm trying to think of what the male ones are. What are some men names that are out of date? I don't know why. It's it's like female names come quicker to me for some reason. I don't know why. This is something I know nothing about. Look, man, listen. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks. I don't think I've ever had a Hungarian guest on. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> did I? Yeah, I remember uh, the Neon Droid. It was actually one of the first uh, Beyond since I listened to. Neon Droid? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had Neon Droid on the show. I think you did. Are you sure you weren't listening to a Synthetic Sunday with Marco Merrick? I tend to remember your name associated with uh, with the podcast, but... Well, it's the best one. To be honest, I'm no longer sure. Because uh, <laughs> I've been on Synthetic Sundays too. So you are probably thinking of Synthetic Sundays with Marco Merrick, defunct uh, synthwave program. He became a drunken recluse <laughs> and he just sits at his house and just yells at the bears and gets all wasted. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that show too. <laughs> okay, wh- whatever. I, I believe you, man. So that means that you are my first Hungarian guest. That's the point. Great. (laughs) Awesome. This is an accolade. You're trying to um, distract me or whatever from getting the proper recognition you deserve, which means I'm going to ask you some questions about Hungary because I actually know... I know nothing about Hungary at all. Great. (laughs) Hit me. Well, where is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like uh, 47 latitude, 18 longitude... (laughs) You know, uh, it's in in the center of Europe. We're bordered by countries like Austria from the west, uh, Ukraine and Romania from the east, Slovakia from the north, and Serbia from the south. Okay, so what goes on in uh, in Hungary? What's the? Is there a an export from Hungary? Like they make the best sugar or something? That's a good question because. Uh, Hungary is famous for food, for example, but we we don't really export that, you know. But there are some Hungarian dishes like the goulash soup. 
it's, it's worldwide famous or our spicy peppers are very common especially in european countries but when i was in the u.s i saw it in stores are the ladies good looking in hungary oh yeah they're definitely good looking <laughs> that whole section of europe they they're pretty ladies speaking of ladies we have uh, a lot of internationally recognized porn stars actually so you could call that an expert <laughs> That's the one thing I always wonder, though, when people live in these countries, whether they recognize the beautiful women or if it's like just normal. Do the people even appreciate it? Well, there is a saying that you can recognize a Hungarian girl wherever you are in the world. So if, if a Hungarian girl walks past by you, you'll know that they are Hungarian for sure. Yeah. You know, just by looking at them. All right. Well, I'll keep my eyes open, even though I don't really go outside too much right now. And, and everyone's wearing a mask. Right now, every girl's pretty because they all have masks on. So you can just imagine what they look like underneath. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I feel like this conversation is bad for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds like one of those conversations I'll get in trouble for now. Just like, anyway, look, the point is this, man. All right, you make some cool music. We're going to listen to some, and then we'll keep talking. So I wanted to play this track. It's from the Wrath of the Machine album. It's actually the Wrath of the Machine song, because it's a cool song. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, listen to that, man. This is Wrath of the Machine by Mega Hit.
And that was Wrath of the Machine by Mega Hit. And I'm here with Mega Hit right now. Imre. Right? Yeah. Okay. You learn fast. I think that's the best <laughs> I'm ever going to be able to do it. Imre. Uh, anyways, look, so that's that's who I'm with, man. A Hungarian synthwave producer and cool guy. So tell me about yourself. When did you uh, start making music? Um, making music was kind of an early thing because uh, I had a few musicians uh, in my family. So I started looking into the whole thing like at the age of eight. Started making music at the age of 16 or so. But it was uh, a very chaotic kind of era for me you know because i try to reproduce the sound that i heard in the radio or uh, my favorite bands of the time my biggest love is electronic music so i've always been producing electronic and then five years ago jumped into synthwave and that was a, a real turning point and that was when i decided that i want to do this like professionally uh, when you say you had other sort of musician family members like what does that mean my nephew was playing uh, bass in a rock band one of my granddads played guitar and and my mom was really into electronic music she had a bunch of Kraftwerk vinyl at home so I grew up listening to those and I guess that's where the love comes from so what was the kind of music like when you were younger what's the kind of stuff that would be on like the radio like music wise mostly it was Eurodance I'm talking the mid 90s you know bands like Scooter techno from Germany like Westbam, Marusha, some 90s rock bands that were popular. I was never into that so I can't really remember. It, it was rave and Eurodance mostly. Did you ever hear Modo? If you mean the Italian guy with Einzwei Polizei then yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big hit in Hungary too. So. I fucking love Modo. <laughs> I don't get to talk about him too much anymore. It still makes me sad because he died. Yeah, it was like 10 years ago or even more now but there's some there's a dude who's connected in the synthwave scene and I remember like years ago like when I first like found the scene it was early on and then he mentioned that that Moto used to go and buy records at the shop he worked at ah, I would I I have so many questions about Moto like I, I would have loved for that dude to still be alive so I just ask him just like what the fuck was all that about <laughs> that question actually applies to every producer in the Eurodance scene of the era you know <laughs> Like, 90% of the song didn't make that make any sense. He's Italian, but he's, like, doing this weird, like, mantra stuff in German, and he's just, like, counting to three and saying police and, like, just so much coke and if you've seen his music videos like they're really bizarre you know sometimes there's just certain people where they seem serious but then they do these like silly videos and you just can't tell what kind of person they are or like what you know what i mean anyway whatever that's moto that's yeah yeah of course but you know 20 years before we had bonnie m that's true a german band consisting of african-american singers singing about rasputin so and he was also dubbed i think yeah it was it was yeah so the guy that actually does the performances in the videos isn't actually singing which is amazing because I was literally just watching a music documentary thing and they were talking about Millie Vanilli who was famously like they, they got their careers ruined when it turned out that they were lip syncing which was so weird because there's so many examples of that before and after where it didn't affect anybody so like Boney M's whole thing was that dude I guess he just has a lot of charisma like you know when you see him in the videos the Boney M guy like just <laughs> the way he fucking dances and he's got these little capes on and stuff like that guy's amazing yeah and, and all these bands were about the show you know I yeah mean, nobody actually sang on stage especially in tv stages but even now 
That's the thing that's so funny is that when we talk about Millie Vanilli and like that their careers just getting fucking wrecked because they weren't singing and meanwhile like all the huge acts now like they're all singing to a recording on stage because you can't sing and dance at the same time like that's hard to do. Yeah exactly. Not that that really like applies to the synthwave scene too much I guess unless uh do you, do you do much singing and dancing on stage? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I, you know, it's a one-man project, so I only have two hands. I have to keep keep myself at the keyboard, mostly, <laughs> or, or the deck. Actually, I like to do my vocal stuff live, because all my tracks have vocoders. I can bring that to the stage, so uh, I'm doing live vocoders there, but I'm not jumping around and all. And I, I think the world is a better place when I'm not jumping around at all. So <laughs> people don't have to watch that. Because I, I have a horrible stage presence. If, <laughs> if I look at myself uh, on recordings, uh, I always say it's better if I stand behind the decks and work on the music, actually. You got to do the the Boney M thing. Just hire some like hot chicks yeah, to just I like... Need, I need dancers. Yeah, just go in front and like you can pretend that they're the ones making the music. Give them keyboards that aren't plugged in and then you can just sit in the back and like actually make the music. I had an older band when there were uh, a few dancers and you know it just helps the show whatever you do if you have dancers it's always better <laughs> i just have them around my house i'm sitting there making breakfast and like uh, putting some toast in the toaster and there's just some lady just kind of dancing in the corner <laughs> in, a, in a giant bird cage that's just <laughs> yeah. hanging from the ceiling <laughs> we're diving into cyberpunk territory now yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, how about this? Let's dive into some more music and then we'll keep talking. Yeah, do that. So this was uh, from an album you put out called Not Your Action Hero. Yes. And uh, this was a track that I dug from it called Stealth Mode. And we're going to listen to that right now.
that was Stealth Mode by Mega Hit from the album Not Your Action Hero. And I'm here right now with Mega Hit Imre. Did I do it right? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> My memory is so bad that like every time I come back from a song and I go to say your name and I'm like, I think I'm going to say it differently each time. No, no, it's actually quite good. You're pretty much the best Hungarian pronouncer at the moment. Sweet. I'll take that. So what's the, the official language of Hungary? It's Hungarian. Okay, so so when it comes to like that sort of area of Europe, is it super distinct from the neighboring countries? Or is it sort of like a language that sounds kind of like the other ones? Like- I think it's different from all the neighboring countries. People tend to say that we sound a bit like Finnish and maybe Polish, but for me, it's completely different. Sometimes, you know, there are certain languages that have similar words or phrases, but there's it's a different language, but there's sort of things that are borrowed. But then I guess English is like that too, because we do have like French words that we use. And I think there's like kind of German influence for some of the words as well, but the languages don't sound the same. I don't know if there's another one like English. Yeah, ours is pretty much the same. I mean, we have uh, a lot of words taken from other language groups, like we have Turkish, we have slavish borrowed words you know for historical reasons but it's not like in the case of english where the word is borrowed but you kind of incorporated it into the english language a lot of words in hungarian are just copycat taken from another language and that's why it's much harder to find any patterns or grammatic rules yeah 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 hungarian is definitely one of the most one of the hardest languages to learn for someone who doesn't speak any Middle European or Slavic languages in the first place. So for an English-speaking English-speaking person, it's it's kind of hell. That's going to be really hard for all those people who want to learn Hungarian to meet all these Hungarian porn stars. <laughs> so what is uh, what was this album about then? This not your action hero. Yeah, that was uh, released last year somewhere in spring it was a concept album i always release concept albums you know i don't try to hold the same sound throughout years and stuff i don't really want to jump between styles either so i found this as a middle ground so all of my albums have uh, one dedicated theme that the sound revolves around and uh, this time it was uh, 80s action movies the kind of bootleg vhs era action movies so I tried to come up with track titles, samples, and all that that could resemble this kind of atmosphere. Like the tune that you played, Stealth Mode, is like an old commando movie, you know, where a small team of SWAT soldiers go undercover and infiltrate an enemy base and stuff. So uh, all of the tracks had these uh, little pictures in my head that I wanted to make music too so all all tracks are actually background music to a short story that could be a scene in a vhs movie in the 80s you mentioned earlier that you had an older band uh yeah so like what was what was that it was an industrial slash ebm band it was actually active from 2010 to 2017 or something but it, it was not a big thing. Uh, it was only known in a very close subculture in Hungary because EBM and industrial is just a very underground thing here. How many people were in the band? It was two of us. Uh, one of my friends who did the vocals and guitars, and I did basically everything else. Was there any ideas of songs that you were working on with that band that you figured like, oh, I can like kind of rework with this a bit and it can be like a mega hit song? Uh, no, I don't think there was anything. That was aimed uh, at more like the gothic and cyber gothic 
industrial stuff. If I have to say bands to compare, uh, it sounded a bit like Combi Christ maybe. So uh, it was a lot harder and uh, it completely lacked everything that the 80s industrial scene had. While with the mega hit project, I try to incorporate as many 80s stuff as I can. I like the term cyber gothic. That sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these uh, plastic cyber locks, hair, <laughs> big military industrial vests, bulletproof vests and all that. It's fun learning about new things. Even if I don't like whatever the hell cyber gothic is, I just like the sound of those words together. <laughs> yeah, you should check it out. It's quite an experience, you know. That whole subculture is really interesting and there are very good bands in it, actually. But I did that band for fun. That's why it was discontinued, because I had to focus 100% on Mega Hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how about this, man? Let's listen to some more Mega Hit, all right? Now, this was a track from High School Boys and Disco Queens. Now, this one is actually kind of different from your other stuff, because it's not as, as hard as, as the other tracks I get, but it was a track I liked the melody of. It was called Neon Love, and I want to uh, play that now, man, because it was cool. So this is, uh, this is Neon Love by Mega Hit.
and that was mega hit with the track Neon Love. And that's kind of like a kind of a different sounding one. I'm here right now with mega hit uh, Imre. Tell me about this this album. That EP was uh, from mid 2016, and uh, it's actually the only pure 80s retro wave thing that I consider retro wave. I just wanted to write a few tracks that really capture the sound of the 80s. Because, you know, that was the time when the world started to get overwhelmed by synthwave acts and uh, new retro wave was uh, totally overwhelmed with producers. So, yeah, I I wanted to make something that captures the teen movie feeling. And since then, I really dropped that, that kind of idea. I no longer want to make copycat tunes from 80s pop music because I think that was completely uh, drained. There are no ideas left, pretty much. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, that was... Um, no, <laughs> no, I know it's exactly what you're talking about. At that point, uh, everyone wanted to make some... You know, every track had the same drum grooves. They had the same bass lines. They wanted to recreate the same analog synth sounds. So that, that was my last uh, take on this kind of this kind of synthwave atmosphere that wants to be another lost record from the 80s. It's hard to be passionate about something if you're just trying to copy some another sound. You know, like I, I feel like the real passion comes when you sort of figure out like the sounds that you want to make, even if they don't quite fit in a particular genre or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And at that time, a lot of people came up to me because the album that was released right before this one, Days of Violence, that was a, a lot more aggressive, more cyberpunk-infused, and overall it's a darker album. And people came up to me that, why do I call that synthwave? Because synthwave should be 80s and palm trees and sunsets and happiness and all that. And that's why I made this uh, four-track EP, actually, to show that, yeah, I could write some tracks like this, but this is not me. So this was uh, more like a side project, but I but I wanted to use the name Megahit on that. Now, now I feel weird for having played it. I- <laughs> No, I'm really proud of that EP, though. Well, that's good. So then it's okay that I played it then. So then what else do you do? What do you do for fun over there when you're not making tunes? Almost 100% of my free time goes into music production. Or, I mean, I do DJing for fun in almost every electronic style. I used to do a bit of sports, but since we have the coronavirus pandemic, it's hard to leave the house. And apart from that, I'm really into anything that is related to IT. I mean, I'm a, I'm a developer by profession, but for example, I really like the computer demo scene. I like to do program graphics, animation, 3D rendering, all that stuff. That's why I um, I edited all my so-called music videos. I like to use creative technology, I could say. That's my main hobby beside music. So when you say like you're a developer, though, like have you made any programs or games or anything? I'm working uh, for a company that is developing an electronic payment system. So you could call that. <laughs> but, but no, uh, I don't have any um, publicly available pet projects, if, if you mean that. Yeah, I don't know why I went immediately to game. I don't know. <laughs> it's like whenever I hear developer, I'm like, oh, they're making games. And I keep forgetting that uh, there's many different things someone can develop. Now, of course, I've been there. I wanted to be I wanted to develop games but it's it's not a one-man thing anymore I, I programmed games but I was 12 none of those exist anymore what what were you using like what program were you using at the time or were you using a program at all um I, I actually coded it from scratch I wish I understood that stuff man there was no programs that let you uh, create a game you know 
like clicking stuff together. No, you had to write code. Because I downloaded Unreal Engine and I had this idea I was going to make a game. I know they've got all the templates, you know, where you can boot it up and you can already go like first person shooter and you already have a, a weapon and a, the controls work and you have an environment. But then at the end of the day, you still need to do a lot of coding and like, I just don't think my brain can learn that now yeah well stuff like unreal engine and all those developer tools make it a lot easier you still have to have the proper skills and insights and all that but i i would never go back to the 90s style of game programming <laughs> i'm really happy that we have tools like that i thought maybe i'd make like a little cheap like 2d game and i know they've got those programs like game maker and these other ones where you can kind of just drag and drop stuff like, you you know, you've got your little assets, your little JPEGs and pings and stuff and little animation loops and then just sort of bring it into the game and sort of make a game that way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when I would actually do this. <laughs> I barely have time to do this show. Those are good, actually. I mean, if you have a good idea, then you can do wonders with these game maker stuff, too. Yeah. If you don't have ideas, if you have a shitty concept, then you can be the biggest, most awesome game developer ever. Your product will flop anyway. Yeah, no, that's true. Same with music, you know? It's like, it's not so much about the tools as much as it is about actually, like, making something cool. But speaking of which, let's listen to some fucking cool music. This was from an EP, War Games. That was an EP, right? Yeah, yeah, the last one. And uh, this was a, a track I dug called uh, Tech Core, and uh, it's brought to you... It's not... What, what, what am I saying? I mean, it's by Mega Hit. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's all frazzled right now. Let's listen to this song by Mega Hit called Tech Core. Do it!
And that was Mega Hit with the track Tech Core. And I'm here right now with Mega Hit Imre from Hungary. And we're just talking about uh, game development and making music and all that stuff. So uh, tell me about War Games. That was another concept EP, you know. This time it was old school video game stuff from start to finish. I just wanted something that. Uh, captures the early 90s late 80s kind of video games you know the arcade games where the music was uh, not chip tune anymore but not professionally produced music so i went for this kind of tracker style if you know what i mean stuff that um, namco games amiga games and so what what those platforms had at the time and to be honest i'm i'm pretty proud of the final product i think war games turned out really good because uh, even it's short but it remains consistent for me, at least. And uh, fortunately, I received kind of positive feedback from people who actually played games like that. So yeah, I'm happy with that. What is the ingredients of a goulash soup? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm, I'm not a traditional Hungarian cook. <laughs> oh, no. So what, wait, so what do you like to eat? No, I like to cook. And uh, I consider myself a good cook, but I don't like the traditional Hungarian food. So, ah, okay. um, But for a goulash, you'll need beef, probably chopped beef, lots of paprika, tomatoes, water, some eggs, flour, kneaded into dumplings. You just throw it into the soup and you have to boil it for at least four hours or so. But yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Mm, I'm going to quiz you on this later. <laughs> I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on Wikipedia and see what they say about uh, Hungarian goulash and see if you're right. Oh my! And then if you're wrong, I'm gonna delete this whole episode, <laughs> so they won't even. <laughs> it's definitely made of beef and with lots of paprika, so that <laughs> I can't be that much wrong. Hold on, let me. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go to Wikipedia. Fucking uh, Wikipedia. All right, let's see if there even is an entry here. Hungarian. I'm pretty sure they do goulash. Goulash is a soup of meat and vegetables, usually seasoned with paprika and other spices. All right. Originated in medieval Hungary, goulash is a common meal predominantly eaten in Central Europe, but also in other parts of Europe. It is one of the national dishes of Hungary and a symbol of the country. Yeah, there we are. There's a fucking pot with the goulash in it and a wooden spoon. So, you get uh, five points. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) So, you said you do... uh, uh, 3D stuff. What programs do you uh, do 3D with? Uh, mostly 3DS Max. I was interested in that since right, the age of 14 with the early versions. I never became professional, so I'm, I can't do really good 3D animations. I just dabble in it. Yeah, but it usually does the trick, so um, I like to do anything myself because I'm kind of a maximalist when it comes to the visuals with my tracks. So it's better to do something that's a bit lower quality, but at least I was in full control of the process than just giving a script to professionals and then you get something that maybe not not 100% what you had in mind. No, I'm the exact same way, dude. Like with all of my projects, I do pretty much everything and that's why they take so long and I know and every time I talk about this to people they always say like hey man just fucking ask for help like other people like do stuff and I just I have a hard time doing that and so even now with the with the spaceship show that I put on YouTube like I'm doing all the puppeting I do all the special effects I build the sets and stuff and like I know that if I got help from people 
things would happen faster and things would probably look better. Like I imagine like if I got some people to help me do like, hey, make me a CGI spaceship or whatever, you know, like someone else could go do that and do something cooler than what I've come up with. But I don't know. I just have this thing where I always just want to do it all myself, even if it is really frustrating. Yeah, same here. So I, I feel you, man. But you know, it's about time and management. So either way, we always hit a point where, where you just can't do anything yourself because all of your time and effort and energy is used up. That's the, the thing that I find tricky, though, because, you know, like with a lot of major Hollywood productions like movies i would feel weird putting my name to something that i knew required thousands of other people to make do you know what i mean it's like how how peter jackson it can say you know you watch lord of the rings and it just says directed by peter jackson and then meanwhile like so many people are working on the models on the special effects on the other things and it's so weird to put like one person's name on a thing that so many people worked on. Yeah, yeah, I know. Especially when, if you watch a movie and you go, oh, like, you know, I like the way Darth Vader looks. Like, that's the coolest part about Star Wars. And meanwhile, it's like, you know, George Lucas didn't make the Darth Vader costume. Like, he just, someone sketched it. Someone else sketched it, and he just said, I like that. And then he gets to just walk in a room, and people just show him pictures and goes, I like that, I like that, I like that, which must be awesome. That would be so much fun to be able to just walk in and people there just present you with artwork and you just say, I like it. And then someone goes and makes it. And then I get to put my name on the thing. Like, that's pretty fucking cool. In the end, in the end, you are just one name in a mile long credits roll. And Peter Jackson takes it all. Yeah. And not even like from the same company. You know what I mean? Like you'll watch like the end of a superhero movie and there's like probably like 40 different special effects companies that all do, you know, like these guys do the 3D hair on Hulk's head and these guys did that one shot and you know these guys do this and it's it's hilarious like how many how many people are actually involved yeah and they have uh, like different crews and different staff for geographical locations where they shot the movie you know there is a separate unit for the US shootings a separate unit for the European shooting yeah of course and there's a reason why those credits go on for like 10 minutes you know and then you get to listen to a bunch of songs uh, and uh, well and speaking of songs I want to listen to some more mega hit is that uh, cool with you? <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all cool with me. All right, man. This is Mechanizer by Mega Hit. <laughs>
And that was Mechanizer by Mega Hit. And I've been speaking to the man behind Mega Hit, uh, Imre. So uh, tell me about Mechanizer, man. Mechanizer was um, a special project. It was actually started in the US. The main organizer of this thing was Sentinels, eSport organization from Los Angeles. And the guys from Sentinels uh, approached me and a bunch of synthwave producers around the world because they wanted to make a compilation album. And they asked us to uh, create a track, each of us, which is kind of energetic, dynamic, all those kind of buzzwords, you know, driving, fierce, heavy. <laughs> Fierce. They needed the stream safe material for their gamers, the competitive gamers, the content creators and all that. So uh, we teamed up like seven of us and uh, made this little free compilation that every gamer in the world is free to use. And it turned out quite great. I mean, uh, the guys really liked it. The gamers really liked it. On on the premiere uh, on YouTube, there were a whole bunch of 12-year-old Fortnite players cheering for the music. So <laughs> it was funny. And, and I see that they actually use the tracks in their advertising material and all that. And uh, I already saw gaming videos with tracks from this compilation. So it, it's nice, nice. I, I really like to uh, take part in projects like this because, you know, it's just about showcasing things from the synthwave scene. And it also uh, a very important thing to me that video games are involved because uh, I was a really, really hard gamer back then. So I always like to do music for gaming. Have you put gaming aside now? Or are you all just uh, in the music? Uh, I still play games, but it's, uh, it's not that serious anymore. I just do it for fun. At the age of 16, I was, I was in a semi-pro league in Hungary. Wait, so what does that mean? It was a kind of a national ladder-based championship where uh, teams competed against each other and we had these uh, big gaming events like four times a year and the kind of gaming conventions where you had to bring your own machine, the big old bulky desktop PCs and kick each other's asses in LAN parties and all that. What, what games did you guys play? Personally, I played Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike Global Offensive is one of the most widely played game, if I remember right. Why is that? I mean, I've played Counter-Strike before, but I've never, I've never known what it is that sets certain games apart to be more appropriate for competition, I guess. I think it, it was because uh, the first Counter-Strike game was kind of revolutionary in an aspect of uh, you know there were five versus five teams playing each other and not just everyone thrown into a map and shoot the other so it involved a bit more tactics it was a bit more realistic like you had taken three shots and you're dead i think it was uh, the main thing behind it but I, I don't know. I saw a lot of a uh, lot of Doom and Quake matches in the 90s, and uh, compared to those, it was a different world. But indeed, there were a lot of games that followed the same mechanic, and they were not as successful as Counter-Strike. So is it just like a legacy thing at this point? Maybe, maybe. Is there competitive Call of Duty? Like, is that a thing? Oh, that is. Call of Duty is another uh, game that is very, very uh, often played in competitions. You must have heard of Dr. Disrespect, for example. He played a lot of, lot of Call of Duty matches. And if I remember right, then he also played in um, championships in the US, but I'm not sure about that. I've always found that uh, 
interesting. Like, I've never really watched. I think I've... One time I watched a competitive Mortal Kombat match. It's interesting watching people play a game you've played, but at, at a higher level. Because, like... I like again, like I like games, but I I don't have time to get hardcore into them anymore, and I have not for a long time. So if I play Mortal Kombat, I maybe learn like one guy's moves, and then next week I forget them. Even though when I was a kid, I used to memorize everything. Yeah, well, you know, uh, after a certain age, you you don't stand a chance against the younger guys anyway. I would never consider doing competitive gaming after the age of thirty now. Twelve-year-old yeah. <laughs> kids beat my ass in two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get some uh, some stem cells and inject them into my hand to sort of like <laughs> yeah. make them young yeah, again. Maybe maybe that would work. But <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, how about this, man? We can probably uh, wind this down, but do you want to pick a song? Is there like a particular mega hit track that you're proud of that you're like you want me to play? Yeah, from the album "Not Your Action Hero." Uh, one of my favorites is "Guns, Bikes, and Neon Lights." I really like that one. All right, well, let's do it up, and then we'll uh, say goodbye. So this is uh, "Guns, Bikes, and Neon Lights" by Mega Hit. <laughs>
And that was Mega Hit with the track Guns, Bikes, and Neon Lights. That was a cool track, and I'm here right now with Mega Hit, a.k.a. Imre from Hungary. And we are, uh, how do you say Hungary in Hungarian? It's Magyarország. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that was the reaction I expected. So yeah, if you want to say Hungary, you say Magyarország. Magyarország. Um... Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start calling people that. Hey, <laughs> mother or sag. Ma- okay, mother. Are you? Sa- it starts with an M sound, like a M. Yes, it's M A, and then there is a G and Y together, which you pronounce as J. But that's not part of the English alphabet, so good luck. It's Magyarország. Magyarország. It's worth. Well, look, dude, listen, it was uh, it was nice to meet you. People should go check out the music of Mega Hit because there's lots of cool stuff there. You got lots of releases on the uh, on the old band camp. Right. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I'm not good at ending interviews, by the way. (laughs) And you uh, you should have a, a nice Hungarian day. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me, Andy. Yeah, no problem, dude. And uh, keep on making cool music, and we'll uh, we'll play it on the show. Yeah, keep on making good shows. <laughs> I mean, seriously, man, I, I really love your shows. It was one of my gateways to the whole synthwave world, you know? But it was really nice talking to you. And really, you're doing an awesome job with these shows. I'm serious. All right, and that was my chat with Mega Hit. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, there's more coming, and that's uh, pretty much all I have to say about that. Now I have to go build some uh, props for Andy's spaceship. <sighs> I got to build a little brick wall and paint it. As <laughs> I feel like a little kid because I'm using like primary school art supplies to make all this. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Look, uh, you have a lovely day. Uh, You're all cool people. Thanks for supporting the show. If uh, you want to support Beyond Synth, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the donate button. Uh, There's also a PayPal option if you don't want to use Patreon, and there's even a subscription-based PayPal option as well where you can donate a certain amount of money a month, and uh, that's that's a way to uh, support the show and to support Andy's spaceship. And, of course, if you do that, besides thanking you on Beyond Synth, your name will also appear in the credits of Andy's spaceship and any videos that we make at uh, Beyond Synth. We. <laughs> me and my huge production company of uh, me. Anyways, I'll talk to y'all later. Have a lovely day and uh, keep being cool. And uh, we'll chat with you next time on Beyond Synth, the best dark synth chat show there is. <laughs> I go, I'm doing the Halloween thing now. <laughs> Technically, this should have been the series for October leading up to Halloween. But instead, I started it on Halloween, and it's going to be my November series. Leading up to Black Friday. Ooh, deals, televisions. Why am I still talking? Goodbye. Thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth 
or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time... Until next time.